Welcome, everybody, to the Chinchilla Pickin' Podcast. It is June the 2nd, 2022. As always, we hope to be entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. My name is David Underwood, and I'm here. Brandon Beaver. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I am doing well, man. I'm doing well. It's been it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, we, last week was it? Uh, we had like some technical issues, and we were couldn't get the podcast up, and and what have you. New laptop. Who this? Right. New laptop. Who this? So, uh, yeah. No. Th- thankfully, I, fi- I finally got a new computer here. Um, it was. Uh, it's been a long couple of years with the old piece of trash that I have. Uh, we did an episode, and uh, then the computer just locked up and froze on me, and I couldn't get back into it. So we may release that episode as a bonus episode. And if I do that, I'll let you know that it's bonus episode, just in case there's any time sensitive information as far as uh, buy calls on stocks or anything like that goes. Um, but Nick, well, was I mean, a, we, Nick we was always say the date at the beginning of the show. Yeah, that's true. But Nick was a special guest uh, of that show. So I, I'm sorry. We, you know, I hope he doesn't see it as a waste of time. It was still a great conversation. We'll have him on again in the future. Uh, it, it's just like almost tragic that we lost that episode because it was pretty good. It was. It was a good episode, man. I enjoyed it. So what a uh, I'm calling it a bear rally in the markets past two days. Um, definitely a, a rally rally last week, uh, rally again off the lows. You know, my, my question and hopefully by the end of the show, we don't have to answer right now. Is this rally sustainable? But that's not where we're going to go first. (laughs) (laughs) Rules, rules, rules. Everybody knows the rules. Let me let me let me put this in there. Really? No, but I don't I don't like I mean, I care because I like to talk about it. But as far as my stocks go, I don't care. Gotcha. I I understand. I, I understand. I understand. So rules, 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 guys. Uh, Brandon and I get together five to ten minutes before the show, and we tell each other what we're going to talk about. We do not discuss it. Everything we, we uh, that we were going to talk about here, we told each other, except for one thing that I said would be a surprise for Brandon, because I love surprising Brandon. He's incredibly smart, and it's incredibly hard to surprise him. But I already know what his answer is going to be to this. So there was a company that released earnings, and this company is GameStop. And <laughs> once again, once again, they have yet again increase their loss for another <laughs> order a bigger loss i didn't think it was possible but they did they even had higher sales and they still had a bigger loss did the I, I don't know what, what on this yes the stock went up on a bigger loss i i don't know what what reasoning you have to buy this stock anymore at this point i mean they they continue to lose money more and more each quarter, and yet we are buying them. They're they're a retailer, and in the quarter four they had a loss. I I, I mean, no retailer should have a loss in quarter four. Otherwise, that's a really bad sign. Yeah, well, they're not making any money, but yet what people are going to buy into them for the <laughs> fundamentals because they might do stuff with NFTs. <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 dude, I'm telling you, it makes no sense here. This bear market's not over until it's a five dollar stock. I, I knew you would say that. The excess, you've been saying that forever. Go away. 
when people finally like give up and just you know pull out, right? Yep. So I, I wanted to that start off with like you wanted to cause a short squeeze, sell at the top, and then hurt the people that bought it and that had to cover. But the people that had to cover, they're not hurting because you're just driving the stock up. Right. So what's the point? <clears throat> there was no point then. And the retailers are taking profits. Yeah, and the retailers so get then, hurt at the end. Remember, remember, was it a couple quarters ago they released more more shares to the market, and the stock price went up. Yeah, uh, I, I just yeah. Well, then they announced the stock split, which virtually guarantees they're going to be a penny stock. It's going to be like tops and dry ships here soon, yeah. man. I'm telling you, yeah. It, yeah, it, I I don't I don't know why people keep buying it or holding it. Take no. your money out. Anywho, uh, so that's that's enough of us uh, bashing the Wall Street bets for this show. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, let's get into uh, well, Brandon. Brandon, you had actually some uh, good uh, um, conversational economic news on a couple companies and avenues. So go ahead, you take it off. Well, one in particular, so. One of the things we were going to talk about last week was Microsoft's acquisition of Activision. And this is the one thing that like nothing's changed since last week. The price is still trading right around flat as to where it was. Uh, This is the second Microsoft arbitrage play that I've done. Last year, I bought Nuance when Microsoft said they were acquiring it for $16 billion. I made around 5% on that. Doesn't seem like it's a lot, but when a company announces an all stock deal and they're going to buy it with cash and they set the price and and you've got, you know, a situation where you don't think the U.S. government's going to step in and block the merger or the acquisition. And, and, um, you know, you've got almost guaranteed money sitting on the table, you know. There's risks involved with it. Don't get me wrong. The the risk would be that the government steps in and blocks it or that something else comes out of Activision other than all the, you know, sexual harassment lawsuits and craziness that's happened with them. Uh, None of that so far is going to affect it. It has to be something that materially affects the value of Activision. It is possible that it happens, but I'm betting that it won't. The Microsoft gaming chief, Phil Spencer, said about this acquisition, we're always out there looking for people who we think could be a good match and teams that would be a good match with our strategy. So we're definitely not done. So they're going to buy more. It's a very competitive industry now with uh, Sony uh, as far as gaming goes and and with Facebook getting into it with Oculus and all that stuff. It's very competitive. So, So they're trying to eat up these companies and become like, you know, a big gaming conglomerate buying activision will increase microsoft's gaming revenue by about 50 percent i said 50 not 15 50 percent not including console sales the deal is expected to close in 2023 but the ftc has separately they've been reviewing amazon inc's proposed acquisition of hollywood studio mgm since last summer that's been going on for for a long time a lot longer than people expected I I don't see the U.S. government coming in, stepping in to try to block this acquisition of Activision when Microsoft's number one competitor is foreign. Right, because isn't Sony uh, going after, what is it, uh, UB Games or 
it's possible you you, you Ubisoft. We've had this argument before. Is it Ubisoft or Ubisoft? I don't know. <laughs> it's I I know it's the it's the you know I play this game all I used to play this game all Assassin's Creed time. Assassin's Creed was one of them, but it was also Destiny. Destiny. See, that's what, but that's what everybody says. I used to play this game all the time when they're talking about Assassin's Creed. I've got the latest one, but nobody else plays it anymore. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I, honestly, since it, Assassin's Creed was the same thing over and over again, they just kind of mix up a few different things, and that's what got born with it. Yeah. Um, and and Destiny, uh, that was that was good, but then you know, playing online with other people, you always. You know, I've always said the gaming industry needs a 30 plus division for those of us that are busy, work jobs, have families. But, you know, we grew up playing video games. So when we get a free hour in a week, we want to sit down at a video game, play it. And we don't want to be bothered by 12, 14 year olds duking out. We, you know, we want to just be able to have fun. Yeah. I said the game industry is far due for a 30 plus league or 50 plus, 40 plus. Do it, Activision. Do it in Call of Duty. It would be perfect to get me back. Right. Yeah. Well, Activision, the CEO, is still under investigation by the SEC with a particular focus on the uh, with this. uh, Wow. With a particular focus on Kotick, the CEO. In September, the company settled another two year long probe into sexual harassment claims. Mr. Kotick didn't inform the board of sexual misconduct allegations that he was aware of, including rape against managers across the company. In 2006, an assistant complained that he had threatened in a voicemail to have her killed. So this guy is, in my opinion, absolutely like just incredibly corrupt. And um, one of the things about this deal is once Microsoft gets Activision, Kotech is gone. So that's that's a good thing. It's a great thing for the company. Get rid of him. He's gone. There and been- Microsoft has said that's what they want to do. And so I don't see a reason why the U.S. government would stop it when when you have that going on. I mean, yeah. there's no antitrust. You have Sony. You have uh, Nintendo Switch. You have Nintendo out there. You have, uh, yes, I know you don't like me saying Oculus on the rise up. They are selling consoles in the millions now every year. So they are on the rise up. But, you know, I mean, I you own, have competition. I own the company. I own Meta course so I'm right fine. and you have pc games don't forget about pc games and mobile gaming those are still a big gaming industry so that and it's just, there have been 700 reports of employee concern over misconduct and other issues at activision since july so getting rid of this guy going to become a part of microsoft great deal for activision employees great deal for shareholders to get rid of him um i we're, i we're selling here at a discount compared to what the high was years ago but we're not going to get there again so just just let the deal go through the activision shareholders i believe already they've already um approved it so it looks like we're good to go you got about still about a 17 percent upside from here so i i'm playing it this is uh i already did play i've been sitting in it uh i haven't checked what's it at lately same it's right around the same it's just a little up oh well but you know so what happens right now with these arbitrage deals when you have incredible bull markets like we did you know a couple of years ago in even into really last year people don't their risk tolerance is super duper high um so they'll go in and they'll buy these arbitrage plays and and they'll do stuff like with the nuance thing where i only got five percent right but 
when risk tolerance is like really, really low and nobody wants to buy anything, these arbitrage plays get a little bit better. So you'll start to see a cap on them for a little bit. You'll, you'll get these 17 to 20% plays a lot more often than what we used to. So that's part of it too. It's just the, the fact that a lot of people aren't buying stocks in this market. So even though Microsoft's going to come in and buy it for a 17% premium as to where it is right now, it's still sitting, you know, nice and it's still a good opportunity. So yep, um, exactly. as far as revenue goes in the gaming business, Sony has $24.87 billion of operate um, of revenue operating incomes at 2.63 billion. Microsoft has revenue of 16.28 billion. So they're playing catch up with Sony right now, for sure. They don't, they don't report their gaming profit, which I would expect that's probably going to change in the next couple of years. Uh, Nintendo is um, with a switch at $15.3 billion in revenue, $5.4 billion in operating income. So this is why Microsoft this is a very tight race here. And Microsoft is not in first place. And that's why they're buying up these games. If you were to ask me what company would I choose out of, out of Microsoft or Sony, I would go with Sony. I'm not buying them right now, but th- I just would. In terms of console sales and gaming, the Switch does lead the way. They've sold more than 103 million units since the launch in 2017 of the Switch. The PS5, which was released in November of 2020, has moved more than 17 million consoles, while the 2020 uh, Xbox Series X is projected to have sold around 12 million units. So once again, Microsoft playing catch up here. I about died inside when you said that. I'm sorry, but uh, even as a stock, as someone who uh, analyzes stocks and and tries to help people with good research and claims, I I, I can't go uh, PlayStation over Xbox. I'm sorry, can't do it. <laughs> Xbox. I've always I've been to Xbox for a while. I was PlayStation for a while. Xbox One came out. I left uh, PlayStation, became an uh, Xbox person. So. I was an Xbox guy for a long time, and then Ghost of Tsushima came out. <laughs> I'm a PlayStation guy. Uh, Assassin's Creed, oddly, it is basically Assassin's Creed, but so much better. The storyline's better, and you can roll when you jump just like you can on Assassin's Creed. You can climb, not in, you know, not as easy. I mean, but still, there's a, I lot of- it's a better game, and, and I like it. Yeah. There's a lot of people though out there that are like me that I got, I got a switch. I got an Xbox. I got VR sets. You know, I got multiple gaming sets. I just, I don't have a uh, PlayStation set. Um, you know, and a lot of people out there have both because you know, they like the games on, on both, but uh, it is what it is, man. Microsoft's already got Bethesda. So they'll have um, Halo, I think is on that. Maybe. Elder Scrolls. And I believe Elder Scrolls and uh, possibly Fallout. I'd have yep. to look it up to be sure. but I think uh, Activision Blizzard is more of them. Uh, you know, I, I, I know World of Warcraft is still a big thing on PC gaming. And so it's still a big revenue generator for Activision. Um, I think yeah, Microsoft's market. moving into that market more. I think they have Candy Crush or something too, which is so 10 years ago, but Hey, if it still produces a revenue, man, it still produces a revenue. So there you go. Activision still believing in it for the, the deal. Yep. All right, man. Uh, let me go on to some other news today about mergers and acquisitions. Uh, I did not talk about this before the show, but I did not think I was going to mention it. And then you, you went off and about how Activision and Microsoft and mergers and 
yada, yada, yada. Well, Kohl's had put itself on the market for auction recently, and they uh, were putting themselves out there trying to get the highest bidder. Well, then Kohl's, uh, before a uh, shareholder meeting right before, fired their global head of retail merchandising. Then at the uh, shareholder meeting, they went ahead and put a indefinite hold on any bids for the company. And the stock dropped over 10% immediately off that news. Fell off a cliff. I don't, I don't understand. Look, <laughs> if you've ever go- gone into a Kohl's, which I've bought from there because they've got, they've got good deals, but it's the most mind-boggling thing I've ever seen in my life. All of their employees are too busy to help customers, and they're all tasking and doing stuff, but their store is always a mess. I don't understand. <laughs> right? how they, what are they doing? Like I, I haven't been in the Kohl's in a while, but when I was in one, yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I uh, but no, you, you, when a company puts itself up for sale, you don't buy it just because of that. You buy it when there's a deal that's already been made. The shareholders have already voted for it. And you can say without a shadow of a doubt or with at least a little bit of a shadow of a doubt only that um, there's not going to be any, uh, you know, blocking of the deal by the federal government for, you know, concerns over a monopoly or anything like that. Coles blocked themselves. Coles put themselves up and then they're like, yeah, now we're going to we're going to sabotage. This is like (laughs) the meme of them sticking the the stick inside the bicycle wheel. This this is what Coles did to itself today. It's no, but you know what? It's probably for the best. It's a terrible time to put yourself up for sale right now. It really is. Well, they, I mean, then don't even announce it to begin with, right? Don't you don't even come out and say, "Hey, we're putting ourselves up for auction." You know, let's throw out the bids at us, and and then all of a sudden do do something like this and take yourself off and say, "All right, we're putting a hold on this indefinitely." That's just that's just bad management one on one. Bad management one on one. That's what that is. I agree. I agree. All right. What was your next thing you had for us, man? Well, I mean, just I can't segue into it. There's no good segue into it. But we had a a, a, a listener text us and ask us about how percentages work in the stock market. And it seems on the surface to be a very basic question, but really it's not. It's, It's a little bit more in depth. And it, quite frankly, it's one of the reasons why investors and traders have such a hard time making money in the stock market a lot of the time, at least. Let's do some math. If you start with a $10 investment and you lose 50%, you now have a $5 investment, right? Now, to get back to $10, now you got to make 100%. Okay, so once you're down that 50%, even if you make 50% back, then you're only at $7.25. Right. So I'm sorry, $7.50. Jeez, my math is terrible right now. Seriously, man. But he went to uh, my uh, Miami University of Ohio. <laughs> if, you, if anyone wants to know why his math is bad. So this isn't my, I'm not arguing that you should sell a stock when you lose, you know, a large percentage on it, like a lot of people have in the past few months. That's not my argument. My argument is that you have to play the percentage game. When you have a company that gets driven down so hard that doesn't necessarily deserve it, or that's, you know, a great value and you know it, 
even if, even if you're trying to balance your portfolio and stay diversified and all that, sometimes you just have to buy it because your battle against that percentage to make money again, the only thing that you can do is use the dry powder, use the cash that you have set aside and average down. Hopefully you have some cash set aside and you you've done what we've talked about, which is you just, you know, you do levels of buying in, but uh, yeah, lower cost basis is one way to, uh, to do that. But if you believe in the company and uh, you, you said, Hey, I want to put a thousand dollars in this company because I want my other 5,000 to go to something else. So you put that thousand dollars into that company and you believe in it. Uh, for a long-term investment, then, you know, a 10, 5, 10% downgrade is not going to sway you. No. Because you've done your research and you believe in the fundamentals and you believe in a long-term investment. And then even if it is like a 25 or 30% downgrade, then really you should just be excited to buy more. Right. You should take a part of that 5,000 that you had extra and say, I might put another thousand in here and lower, lower my cost average. So let's circle back around to what you were saying when it comes to is this bear is this bear market rally what that's what we're calling it because i agree is it sustainable probably not because for the next year the federal reserve is still going to be doing their quantitative quantitative tightening process they're taking money off the market um they're raising interest rates which affects uh, stocks because then it makes it harder for companies to borrow and spend and 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 grow in the way that they were growing for the past you know 10 12 years so we're still going to have some headwinds here. And by the way, Dave, I mean, like the entire world right now is it's just like everybody's asking the question, what's a Ukraine? It's like it doesn't even exist anymore. A month, a month ago, we were all going to die in a nuclear blast. And now nobody's even paying attention. Yeah, it's well, Americans, we, we tend to lose focus and our attention just switches so quickly. And because it switches so quickly, we forget about the things that have already been said and done and put in place and are going to happen, such as the Fed taking money off the board. All of last year, you heard me rant and rave and complain about the Fed spending $8 billion a month on bonds and $40 billion a month on mortgages. And I sat here week after week on our podcast and just said, this is ridiculous. Stop it. Yeah. And then all of a Stop sudden, it. now it's like, Stop <laughs> it. And now all of a sudden, a year later, they're finally doing it. And, you know, people, uh, people it, it was announced, but then the everyday public is already forgot that it was announced and that the Fed's going to do it. The only people that are aware are the stock traders, people who are in the financial system and do this for a living. We're still aware of it. We still watch out for it. We know it's happening. And I told you he was going to do it, but he's going to wait until after he's renominated. And that's what he did. So right. here we are, high inflation, <laughs> 8% somewhere around there. So let me let me define a bear market rally for those of us, uh, those who are listening who may not be uh, uh, what do you what do you call it? Uh, seasoned investors. Right. A bear market rally refers to a sharp short term rebound in share prices amid a longer term bear market decline. Bear market rallies are treacherous for investors who mistakenly come to believe they mark the end of the downturn. Treacherous in some ways, but if you've got a long-term mindset set, then maybe not. And if you if you know how to read balance sheets and financial financial statements and cash flow statements, all that good stuff, then maybe not so treacherous. Um, in fact, they can be rather exciting. And that's where my good news is coming in. Because, oh, you have good news about this? Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. 
So I'm Take framing it. this totally different than the way CNBC or Bloomberg or anybody else is going to say it. If you're thinking, man, I missed the lows on my favorite company two weeks ago. You probably got them coming back, right? That's the good news. So we've got inflation at all time highs. The, there's fears on every side of this. Like, you, you know, like we're in between a rock and a hard place. So that's basically the fear. One side is that we don't have a soft landing. We have incredible deflation and a stiff recession. The other side is that we've got hyperinflation continuing and nobody wants either of those. We're, we're trying to aim for a soft landing. Probably the best we're going to get is a mild recession. And that's kind of, that's what I'm hoping for too. I don't want a lot of people to be out of work. Um, I don't want high unemployment. But a recession with a 5% unemployment, not so bad. That's not so bad right now. No, uh, historically, that's not so bad. Unfortunately, though, Brandon, and, and I've, I pointed this out before, anybody who is 20, I believe it is 28 years of age or younger, has never worked or been in a recession, an actual recession, not a global pandemic recession, but an actual re uh, economic recession, and thus, they, you know, they don't understand some, what some of the effects could be. However, a 5% uh, unemployment rate is, is pretty typical historically for just a non-recession times, let alone, you know, a recession. Yeah. And we haven't seen this kind of inflation in 42 years. And neither of us were investing 42 years ago. So, no. I mean, I'm I am happy to say I was not born then. So I can't, Happy I'm not, like, miss, I'm not, I've said it before, I'm not Miss Cleo. I, I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen, but I can give you some options. And that's either that like we, we can't fight inflation. We have continued hyperinflation, something like the 1970s and stagflation and all that. Uh, number two is a hard reset on the economy. The Federal Reserve raises rates too high. And on the other end of this is deflation. And it's really, really painful. Or we have a mild recession and we get over it. And really, all three of those, we'll get over it eventually. So today we had a rally, uh, probably some short covering, some shorts taking profits and all of that. Um, but also it was because we had an ADP report. The jobs report came back lighter than expected. We didn't add as many jobs to the economy. So that kind of excited people because I thought we thought, well, maybe wages are going to stop going up and maybe that'll put some pressure on inflation. Right. But the other headwind that you're going to hear, if that continues to happen, if we do have inflation peak, now the worry is going to be a recession. So the people will start worrying about a steep recession that will have an effect on the markets. Biden and this administration, and I'm not going to argue against it, it's not this kind of show to do it, um, but they just sent missiles to Ukraine. So we now have an arms deal with Ukraine. That's going to come back up. We're going to hear about it again. So you have all these headwinds that are going to provide pressure on the market. We're probably going to have some other extreme down days, and you're going to have more opportunities to buy. That's the exciting part. The other exciting part about this is even with a stiff recession, it's usually maybe hopefully not a large minority, but it's usually a minority of people that lose their jobs. So a lot of you are still going to have your jobs with a recession. You're still going to have money, buy stocks. Right. So yeah, and I 100% agree with uh, everything you said there. I, it's a rare moment that I, I don't disagree with any of it. Um, but, uh, 
That's what the rich people do. That's why yeah, we had so- such a, a big transfer of wealth. I mean, there were bailouts and stuff, but we had such a big transfer of wealth after the housing crisis because guys like Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett were buying up stocks. Yeah. And they made a killing. Right. And so uh, I'll, I'll, t- I'll give you guys the same advice I, I gave my own daughter because, you know, I'm not going to give my own blood like bad advice. I want I want them. You want the next generation of, of your family to do better than you. Right. Right. And you would think that if I'm going to tell, you know, my my daughter this advice and, you know, it's probably good advice. Um, uh, she has her own stock account. I've mentioned that many times on the show. Uh, she has a trust fund. I mentioned that as well. Uh, she asked, you know, what to do in the times of recession. I said, well, you know, you know, take out X amount of dollars or X percentage of your paycheck right now and just put it all, keep, keep putting it every single time you get paid into your stock account. And she started doing that. Yeah. And she started buying more and more of the shares of companies that uh, she, she currently owns. Um, I will tell you two of them she owns is Apple and NVIDIA. Good ones. Um, so she, she, she making some good choices. But I mean, that's the advice I would give to anybody right now. And- like, it, I mean, if you can't, I, I'll even say, look, if you can only afford 50 bucks a paycheck, that's better than the guy who's doing nothing. Yeah. Take that 50 bucks, put it in your uh, Fidelity account, TD Ameritrade account, and, you know, buy a share or something every single paycheck or something. And sometimes you want to watch those earnings reports, too, because for a split second after NVIDIA's earnings, their stock took a hit and then it rebounded. When it took a hit, that stock was trading at a price to earnings ratio of 28% with a 42% sales uh, growth for this year. So you're that, I mean that's re- unreal. So yeah, <clears throat> and now it's back up because people you know smartened up to it. But you could. Well, I mean, here's the thing with the videos. Since since you we were talking about the video now, don't get me going. Here I go. Um, a forty percent sales growth. A forty percent sales growth. I want to point this out to a lot of people who don't understand how great that is. That's what startups and new companies do when they come to the market and they're a hot company, quote unquote. They're doing 40% growth a year. That's yeah, what startups and, do. And that's not what a company does that's been in business for like 20 plus years. And NVIDIA just, they guided down. Well, they guided down because of supply chain issues. But here's the yeah. thing is China said that they're, they are ramping back up again. The Shanghai shutdown is over. They're, they're pr- pushing out product again. So is NVIDIA going to have a glutton of supply here in the second half of the year? And thus their sales are going to jump even more because now yeah. they actually have the product. And then That's another, what I'm saying. So, and then another company that guided down today, RH, but their stock's up like 3 or 4%, and I still own them. Uh, it was uh, down, dude. You need to check because it was down after the bell. Nope, not anymore. It came back. It came back, really? It came back, yep. See? And just so if you're listening, that's just how live our show is. <laughs> yeah. So they guided down, but the guide down wasn't as bad as people were expecting. For a while there, people were like pricing the apocalypse into stocks. Like, you know, they just didn't want to buy them for about a month. And RH was one of those stocks. It was one of those discretionary retail stocks that, you know, hyperinflation, nobody's going to have any money. We're going to go to war with Russia and everything. And by the way, I can't really blame people because even today, if you listen to the conference call, the CEO is just as depressed as everybody else is. Right. And he it's, beat, a, it's a tough time for people. 
So he beat revenue by like 30 or uh, not revenue, but earnings by like 30 or 40%. And then he's on the conference call and he, he's like, well, it's a, it's a really tough time for everybody. You can't sell what you don't have. And they're about to open. They're, they're about to put out RH Contemporary, uh, San Francisco. Their market, their their store in San Francisco, is still relatively new. They've got a lot going for them. And well, he's talking. Say- he's talking about supply chain issues, though. And that was the the whole Shanghai shutdown recently. How how China shut down because of COVID. And you know, I don't want to sit here and argue about whether or not they really did have COVID. That and I've heard I've heard people argue all that. It's it's irregard irregardless, right? It's a moot yeah. point. They did shut down. So they did shut down and it caused some supply chain hiccups. And now, now China is back saying that they're back and opening and running again. Um, even some of them are just on running on a limited basis, but they're running again where they weren't running just two months ago. So some of these supply chain issues are going to be worked out. I, you know, what? I'm just sorry. I, I hate it. Like listening to the guy talk on that conference call, he's, he's gives out a lot of information, probably too much. But when he's talking, he sounds like he's in a drunken, depressed stupor. <laughs> Go listen to the conference call. You'll hear what I'm saying. It's like, we're at eight and a half percent inflation right now. Nobody's seen that in 42 years. So I don't know what's really going to happen. But, you know, and he said this. Warren Buffett says, be greedy when others are fearful. This is going to be a really tough year. <laughs> like, just I mean, Celebrate your wins, okay? Please celebrate your wins. As a shareholder, I see your wins. Celebrate them at least a little bit. You gotta talk, yeah. You gotta talk about your successes and what you did right, right. and then and talk about your opportunities and give us solutions. What are you doing to fix those opportunities? Like we all understand supply chain issues. We all understand it. We get that. We expected that. Even but what are you doing that, about it? He did. I'd like I'd give give him a little bit of a defense here. He did that a little bit. He was like, nobody's ever seen anything like w- what we've done in San Francisco, and the stuff that we got coming out of Italy. But this is the way he says it. He says, nobody nobody's ever seen anything like what we've done in San Francisco. <laughs> Put me to sleep. Seriously, seriously, man, man. At least he's not Elon Musk and calling. Uh, calling investors stupid on a conference call like Elon did that I think like 10 years ago I I tell you what man um I, I don't care about anybody's political beliefs or not Elon Musk for me I, I'm a fan of the guys from a business and economic standpoint and the fact that he says what he's gonna do yeah. and then he goes out and does it his right? conference calls used to be wacko <laughs> they were a trip to listen to uh, all right, Brandon, final thought. What you got? Uh, you know, uh, it just sort of the circle back around to the percentage thing. Um, that's it's it's a major reason why you need to look for discounts in the market. And while you get and when you get those discounts, you need to be excited about it because the lower you buy your stock at, the more of a return you're going to have in the future. The higher you buy it at, the more risk you're putting yourself at. And if you lose, a percentage or, or two or, or a certain amount of percentage points, you're going to have to make more percentage points back up to get to that point. So, you know, use these downturns as an opportunity to get a good base for whatever you want to buy. And if it goes below that, then you use that dry, dry capital to buy in and buy more, right? Yep. So, and you don't really want to overweight yourself too much on any one thing, but sometimes you'll get a crazy deal 
like uh, you did on NVIDIA for a split second, and you, and you just have to do it. There you go. All right, guys, my final thought is if you're buying GameStop, why? Um, they, they keep losing money and diluting shares. Stop, all right? Yeah. It's risky. It's very, very risky. If you do it and you make money, congratulations. Get out, take your profit, because it's very, very, very risky. Run. <laughs> um, other than that, you know, just start, start right, you know, as a, this, this is what some people are calling a bear market rally. I mean, even if it's not, even if that was the end and the bottom and we're going back up, it's still always a good time to take a percentage of your paycheck yeah. out every week and just buy some shares and buy some stocks. The Fed Do some solid investment. The Fed tightening is going to put a lid on this market all year. So, That's I mean, my prediction. And maybe yeah, I believe it's a bear market rally. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, right now it's looking like what Brandon said at, in January where he came on here and he made a prediction that he believes 80 was 80 or 85% of people, uh, retail traders will lose money. Yep. I mean, for the year. And yeah, you came out here and you said that. So it's going to be a tough year, but if you're smart with your money, you make those solid investments. Now you'll be happy next year at this time. Very, very happy. Um, if uh, this is like any other recession we've seen before. So um, having said that guys, uh, thank you for listening. If you like it, please hit the subscribe button. We appreciate it. As always, we hope you've been entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. Have a good night. Have a good night.